Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Well, good morning. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this morning. My name is Gantry Wilson. I'm a, well, I've been a real estate agent for almost 20 years now. I'm out of Huntington Beach, California. Huntington Beach is an hour south of LA and we're in Orange County, California. And today uh, I'm going to be speaking about how to host a 600 person open house and why you'd even want to do that. <laughs> um, let me go ahead. I'm going to share my screen here and tell you a little bit about uh, what happened and and what what we did to set that up. Now, what you're going to hear today isn't going to be, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's not revolutionary. It's not the newest state-of-the-art electronics. It's not technology or, or AI or any of that stuff. What it is, a lot of it is going a little bit back to the basics, but having a system, having a process that's going to make sure and guarantee the results that you want. So let me share my screen here. I can show a little bit what's happened. So this is the open house. And this was just, uh, what is that, two weeks ago? And we ended up having 300 people through the open house each day. And this line ran all the way from the front of the open house across. This was in a, 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 a townhome complex in Tustin, ran across and then ran to the left about the same distance too. It was taking about an hour to hour and a half to get in. It was like a Disneyland ride. All the neighbors wanted to know, like, hey, are you handing out beer over there? What's going on? Uh, which was part of the, the intention was also to get the interest of the neighbors. So how do you get something like this? And why, first off, why would you want something like this? Because that seems unmanageable. Now, this particular day, I've got a small team out of Huntington Beach, and it was just me manning this because we had some other open houses that we were also running. So the reasons why you would want something like this is because honestly, it'll get you the highest price for the seller. Um, it's going to give you your choice of the best buyers. I don't want every buyer. I want the buyers that are pre-qualified or will get pre-qualified that are, are looking to buy in the next three to six months, preferably in the next one month, are motivated and are willing to do what I'm, I'm telling them to do. So what that means is, is when I say, hey, we've got to go look at this house today, they're hopping in the car and we're going to go look at it. Um, it also... The main thing with an open house, not only are you going to find a buyer for your specific house, not only are you going to get extra buyers, but you're going to generate listings. And that's really the name of the game in this marketplace. Additionally, you're going to be able to generate social media buzz, which is going to attract more people, more buyers, more sellers. And ultimately, if you're with, like I am with eXp, it also is going to get you introduced to several other agents and get you talking to them and hopefully have they'll have a positive experience and start asking a little bit about eXp, which is exactly what happened in this one too. So in order to have a really good open house, it starts with preparation and it starts three weeks before. Now, this is really the start of a new listing. It takes us three weeks from start to finish, at, you know, at least two and preferably three from start to finish to get all of our ducks in order, get everything lined up and to have everything come together for a perfect open house. So what that entails it entails home prep. So when I sit down with uh, a new seller and as I'm signing the listing contract, we're scheduling out everything. 
part of the, the very end of the contract, right before I have them sign the contract, is I take out a calendar. And it's you know three pages for the next three months as to what the calendar is going to look like. In that calendar, we put, we mark in there, okay, hey, paperwork signed. And the next thing we do is we get an interior designer in there. Now, this is at our cost. We bring them in. And what the interior designer does is work with their existing their existing furniture, their existing paintings, and helps move things around and declutter. Now, this is something I could easily do, to be honest with you. But this is an outside expert I'm bringing in because it's not me telling them, hey, you need to get all the, all the, uh, the junk off the floor. You need to take out the bookshelves. You've got to take, instead of having those bookshelves full, we want to take out two-thirds of the books. Um, we need to declutter the kitchen, take everything off the counter, except for you know a few appliances or a appliance. Um, and it was really somebody else, an outside expert doing it. And then the interior designer I does, goes through everything, shoots pictures, and creates a report. It's not very expensive. You know, it's a hundred bucks or so, but now they've got something they can reference back to and they can take the time and fix things. We also always get the house. If there's something that we know that's major, not major, but something that's not working or needs to be fixed. We're trying to get all that done in those three weeks ahead of time, bringing in contractors, being whatever else. I don't do major remodels. Like we're not doing a new kitchen or a new bath or anything else. But if you've got, you know, a sink that's leaking or something that doesn't look quite right, or if we need to paint some walls, we're going to do all that ahead of time and make sure that the home is in tip-top shape. And ideally, it's not about how they live, but how it looks for the pictures. Um, decluttered, cleaned, and a simple thing, all the light bulbs. So we go through, make sure all light bulbs are on, but then I also upgrade all the light bulbs and we're putting in the highest uh, wattage that you can get to make sure it's the brightest because we want to have as much light into all the rooms as possible. Photography. Once again, not rocket science, but always bringing in a professional photographer. And it's so very, very important. So we have everything, of course, professionally shot. But every home that we do, we have it also done with a 3D Matterport. Now, the reason why that's important, uh, the reason why that's important is because now what we're doing is we're giving potential buyers a first showing. And what I mean by that is, and this is what I tell the sellers too, hey, we're getting rid of all the looky-loos um, because by we're going to be posting this 3D tour to the neighbors. We're going to be posting it on a sign out front. And we're also going to be posting on the MLS and all of our social media that it's going to allow people to go in and walk through the house virtually before it even comes on the market. And typically the way we do it, um, so we're going to have them walk through the house virtually. And so that's why I'm so concerned about everything being in its right place. So, because I mean, it shows all the, the positives and the negatives. I mean, I've even done a, a Matterport tour on a, on a hoarder house that wanted people to get the magnitude of what was there before they even got there. So I think a lot of agents skip that step of doing the Matterport, but I think it's really, really important. And what happens is by the time they're showing up, it's a second showing. So now they're not showing up to try and figure out, oh, how many bedrooms and baths and what they look like. Now what they're doing is now they're showing up to see what the neighbors look like what the area looks like, what's the stuff that's not in the pictures that they can make sure that they really want to make an offer in the house. So we've got a marketing plan and that marketing plan is to price it slightly under the last comp. So that, that home that I showed you at the very beginning with the 600 people, 300 people that came through each day, what we did is, is I literally ran the comps and I priced it. It was priced at 600,000, 600,000, 
in Tustin, California, in Orange County. And it was one of the lower priced homes. And the home was beautiful, mind you. The last comp in there was at 605. So I literally priced it just 5,000 under. I didn't lowball it. And I don't believe in lowballing because my goal isn't necessarily to acquire a whole bunch of offers. But my goal is to get as many people in. But also, too, I, I want them to be reasonable and I don't want them to come in and do bait switch, bait and switch on them where they think they're getting something super low. So that's why we priced it at 600,000. My clients would have sold it for 625. That specific home that, that I was showing you, we ended up with 30 offers and sold at 700,000. So 100,000 over the list price. And that's with 600 people coming through. And we just did that. And that we did that not by lowballing, but by pricing it just 5,000 under. So and that was uh, so price it under the last last uh, last sale. For every listing, as once the home's ready, once we have the pictures ready, we put them in the MLS, and uh, then we go knock the neighborhood. So in that specific one, I knocked every door in the in the complex. It was only about a hundred doors. But I knocked every door and invited them to the open house. But it's not just inviting them to the open house. It's as you do it, you're saying, hey. Um, I want to invite you to the open house this weekend. And usually that takes them back a little bit because they're not used to getting invited to an open house. And then a lot of times what I do is I lean in and say, hey, we're probably going to have some extra buyers here. Do you know anybody that, that's, that would like to move into your neighborhood? Because now's your chance to pick your neighbor. And a lot of, most of the time they're going to say no. And I say, oh, great. Thank you so much for thinking about that. And then I'll start to turn away and then I'll lean back in and kind of like a secret. Hey, by, by the way, have you heard of any rumors of anybody else thinking about selling? Because we may end up with some extra buyers. So have you heard of any rumors of any of your neighbors selling? And they'll, a lot of times they go, no, no. I'm like, anybody? Anybody at all? And all of a sudden they'll think about it. And that's what you're looking for is that recognition of if they've heard of anybody, if they know of any of the neighbors. And I said, thank you once again. I really appreciate it. And I'll, I'll once again begin to start to walk away and say, oh, by the way, what about you? Have you had any thoughts of selling? And they'll either say yes or no. On this particular one that I just did with the 600 people, and it's only 100 homes, uh, I ended up with two potential listings. Two people said, you know, we are thinking about selling. We'd like to watch and see how you do on this one and see what happens. So after door knocking the neighborhood, I'm also giving them a little flyer. So I'm not just, you're not dropping all this stuff. We're knocking and trying to in interact with them, like I just said, but also giving a flyer with a QR code. So that gets rid of that QR code, has a link to a website. That website has all the pictures, has the layout, has the 3D plan, the 3D Matterport. So even though I'm encouraging them to come by, what we're trying to do is, is also get them that they can share it, share the link, share the QR code and get everything else there. Additionally, what I do is right before, so this would be like a Wednesday or Thursday, right before, uh, I'm also calling all the neighbors. Now, I get the phone numbers. Usually what I do is I'll put them through Vulcan 7, and then I'll take those phone numbers and run those into Mojo. And I'll go through and we'll call the neighbors and invite them to the open house. Um, because I'm not soliciting, once again, I'm inviting them to the open house. We're getting a, you get a much better response. It takes them a little bit off guard. You're inviting me to the open house. Oh, yeah, I saw you at the door. Oh, great. We're going to be there or whatever. Oh, I told my friend Aunt Sally she's going to be coming too. And of course, we're going to do the normal posts on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and every place else. And then additionally, I'm blasting my database. So I'm letting them know I've got a database of about 11,000 buyers. Now, not all of them are active, of course. I think only probably 10% of them are. Um, 
if I'm blasting the database, searching specifically who's looking for that price range, and then sending them out a blast email telling about the property and inviting them to the open house, of course. So the logistics of the open house is we re restrict the showings until the open house itself. So what happens is on week two, before the before we allow anybody to go in, week two, we turn it to what's called coming soon. That may be different across the nation, if I understand. But do coming soon. Coming soon means we've got one picture usually of the front of the house, or in this case, I did it of the kitchen because they had a beautiful kitchen. And you allow no showings whatsoever. No showings until it goes live. We always go live on a Wednesday. And then from that Wednesday until Saturday, I don't allow any showings. So I restrict all the showings so the agents are not allowed to come into the house and see the property only when they get there on that uh, Saturday with their client, with everybody else, can they come in. Now you're going, why would you want to do that? Well, the reason why we do that is because I do. I want to have a lot of people at, at my open houses. And, the, and because what happens is, is when that actual buyer shows up, and they're looking around. Holy crap, look at all these people here for this one house. They're going to go, geez, I may need to make a really strong offer. Because if those same agents came with their buyers spaced out over the week, now you may only have a, a few people at the open house. But now I'm forcing them all to come to the open house. So the agents are there, the potential buyers without agents, the neighbors. I've got everybody there. Now it looks like a huge party. Um, we're posting multiple signs. Once again, old school, you know, whatever's permitted. Um, we're posting on all the sites. And whenever I do it, I always have, I, we post on a Wednesday, no showings till Saturday, and then offers are due Tuesday at 5 p.m. Now, once again, this is in a, a hotter market. Our market right now, we have no inventory, but we've got low demand. But this was on the lower entry level price range. And so that's why we had such a huge demand for this one. So we do offers on Tuesday. My goal is I want to have the buyer come in, see the property, like it, but I want them to have another opportunity to see it. What I always find is the way to make sure that you're not having them fall out or have buyers regret is to have them come in first and then get a second showing without all the craziness. And so I tell my clients, my sellers, that, hey, Monday and Tuesday are going to be crazy. And those are really for the second showings, people to come back and see the property and see it without 50 million people there. And they can really take the time, open the doors, open the cabinets, look around, make sure they really want the house because that's the most important part because we don't want them getting in and then getting buyer's remorse. And then execution. So the day of the event. So lights on, candles lit, curated music playing. I try and pick specific music for every house. So whatever I think, if it's a an elaborate, you know, $3 million house, I'm going to be playing something different than a, like this one was an entry level townhouse for 600. I know some markets that's, that's, that's the, the elaborate house, but a, a this in our area, 600,000 is, is your entry level. This was a three bedroom, uh, 1200 square foot condo with a two car garage is what that was our townhome. And so for this one, I had, um, I like to play acoustic music. Um, but acoustic pop hits. So not the pop hits, but but somebody else singing it like covers. And that tends to get people. So they're like, oh, I know the song, but they start kind of going along with it. So, and I usually pick different music for different houses. Just use Spotify. Of course, valuables, you know, any kind of electronics, any jewelry, any of that stuff is put away. And even prescription drugs we haven't put away and out here. I don't, now I know this may be controversial, 
I don't collect everybody's name that walks in the door. I don't want them. I would say 90% of our buyers, because it's a little bit difficult market, are working with an agent. And I know one of the questions is, hey, are you working with an agent? And if so, who are you working with to make sure they actually are? Because a lot of buyers say, oh, yeah, I'm working with an agent. But I don't necessarily want them. I'm much more selective. When you've got 600 people coming through, you can be very selective and pick the buyers that you want to work with that are going to be responsive, that are going to, when you say jump, they're going to jump and going to write the offers, talk to your lender, get pre do all the steps. So now you can be much more selective. So on this particular one, I think I, out of 600, uh, I had 10 people sign in. And I only have people sign in. I have them sign in on my iPad. I use a, a software program called Open Home Pro, but I know there's a bunch of them. Um, but I only had 10 people sign in because those are the only 10 people I wanted to work with. I don't want to work with all the rest. And for this particular one to make it so it wasn't a total madhouse, I let in three groups at a time. So once a group went out, another group got to come in. So it still felt roomy, still felt that they could walk around and they're not stumbling across each other. And I think it's super important to be inviting and friendly to all. So I kept going out to the line and saying, hey, everybody, I really appreciate your patience. Thank you for waiting. We're going to get you right in. You know, we're going to make sure everybody, because we got to four o'clock and there was still a line. So I'm like, hey, don't worry. You're all going to get to come in. You know, we'll get to see the house. And then offers. Once again, old school. I really believe that it's important to talk to people. And especially because I'm at EXP. I want to build relationships with these agents too. So I would answer my phone. I answered in this, imagine how many calls I would get. But I would answer my phone. I had my assistant answer her phone. And we would tell people, hey, this is what we've got. We would, wouldn't tell them the price that we got, but we'd say, hey, we've got five offers all over asking. We got 10 offers all over asking. And I would update the MLS to say how many offers we had and what the median price was. And on this case, we had 30 offers and every single one was over asking. So I put you know, 30 offers all over asking with a median price of 320 or and it was move up. So five offers at 320, and then we had 10 offers at 340, you know, the median price. So we wouldn't give them the high, wouldn't give them the low, but some the median price. That gives them some direction. I think it's important to give agents direction. I mean, hey, they're all trying to find, and once again, I'm trying to get my seller the highest price. I don't tell them the highest price, but I tell them, hey, this is where you need to be to even be considered. Once again, um, we create a spreadsheet with the details. Maybe controversial in our parts of, the, in, of uh, California, we counter people with what's called highest and best. So I get all these offers in. I then clean up a lot of the language. I shorten the contingencies down to seven days or so. Um, and then I say, okay, now give me your highest and best price. So what that means is they offer 650. I don't give them any direction. I, I will give them some. So in this case, I told them everybody was above 650. That you needed to be above 650 and be considered. And then ask for the highest and best price. In this case, the highest offer came in at 690. I was able to push them up to 700. Um, and they stayed the highest offer. But I also ended up with people who came from 650 to 695, 690, 675 that came in right below it. Um, but it's a second kind of bite at the apple to be able to push them up after they've had a chance to gauge how many offers and what's going on out there. So these people obviously knew what was happening um, because of the, the number of people at the open house. I send a tracking pixel. So on every offer that I send, we also track and watch and make sure that they open the offers and make sure they opened our counter offers. If they didn't open it or went to spam, I'm calling them if I don't see that it was opened. After selecting the winning offers, I always let them know that night. Once we pick an offer, I let them know positively or negative. Hey, congratulations, your offer won. 
if they didn't win, I text those those agents, which once again, I've got me and assistant virtual assistant. We're texting the losers that, hey, you were offer number two out of 30. Um, you were offer number four out of, you know, out of 30. You were offer number six out of 30. And then I always am very compassionate because it's a tough, it, we have a tough job. I'm out there and I'm telling them, thank you very much. I really appreciate your hard work. And I'm trying to give them some hints. So the next time, if they know that they were 30 out of 30, hopefully their buyer is going to take a hint and be able to figure out that, hey, I'm going to need to raise my offer next time. I'm trying to give them some guidance to help them in that. Post-marketing. This is just as important as the pre-marketing. Post-marketing. Now we're in escrow. Once we're in escrow, once again, I go back and tell all the neighbors about the number of offers and how successful the open house was. And I'm knocking on the doors. Except this time I'm saying, hey, we've got 29 buyers that didn't get the house. Do you know any of your neighbors again that are thinking about selling? And what about you? You don't have to have 600 people through the house. I've got, here's 29 offers. And sometimes I'll even take the first page of the, of the offers and say, I've got 29 offers. Pick one if you'd like to sell your home and we can do it today. So you don't even have to worry about selling it on market. We've got it right here. You don't have to go through any hassles. You can pick one right here. And once again, I'm always driving social media posts to this. And finally, Here's my email. I'm out of Huntington Beach, California. Um, I figured I'd have if we got a couple people online or a few people online that if we had questions or we could just you know talk a little bit more about what's what's going on. So if you do have a question, let me turn this back to stop the share. I have a question. You had mixed, um, mentioned something about um, tracking. Is that an EXP item? It's not an easy. So the one I use, I just use a, a simple one called through BombBomb. But you can buy software through. Uh, I mean, if you just go online, it's it's cheap software that you can track all your email. I recommend to have it anyway. So I track every email that I send out so I can see what's happening, what's going on. Um, I mean, I've had, you know, instances. In fact, just last night, I had one where it was a a buyer who bought one of my listings, you know, where I represented the buyer and double-ended it. And they started looking at the the information I had sent them. And this was from like four years ago. And all of a sudden it starts pinging, pinging, pinging. I called them up and they're like, hey, Gantz, you were thinking about selling. So, and I knew that because they were already starting to look at, they were looking at some of the old information. They're looking at, you know, the floor plans and stuff and pictures from their house and everything else. And so I was like, perfect. So it let me kind of be proactive on, on opening it. Thank you. And I don't know, do we have any other questions? So can you see how, how this might be? Um, let's take uh, Petrina off the spotlight here. Hey, hey, Gantry, do you do that with uh, every listing or do you kind of offer people an option? Oops, I'm sorry, Brian, I, I lost you there. There we go. Go ahead. What was your question? Yeah, yeah. I was saying, do you do that with every listing or do you offer them an, an option on, you know, if they want to go the auction route or go a different route or is that? Yeah, and so it, it's not curve? really, it's, it, and, and so I'm not a big believer of the auction route. Like, in other words, I don't lowball it at all. Um, I get frustrated with the, there's there's another big brokerage out here that they list everything 20% below fair market value. 
as an as an opportunity to auction. Um, I don't believe that because I think it, it pisses everybody off because the buyers think they can get it at that price and and they don't. In this case, the buyers could have got it. You know where I priced it six hundred, they could. This was an exceptional. I, I mean, there's no question. This was an exceptional open house. Six hundred people. That was the highest I've ever had in my career. Um, we're always trying to get you know a bunch of people through this. The processes are exactly the same in terms of how we do it and when we set it up and how we knock the neighbors and driving as many people there. The results may vary on the market. And, you know, if it's overpriced, if it's not, usually we're always trying to price like right below the last sale though. Okay. So, but I guess the answer to your question is yes, I do it every time and every time exactly with that formula, um, that recipe to make sure we get good results. Okay. So but you don't get people that say like, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. I'd, I'd rather do it just to traditional. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, some people say, Hey, we don't want to do an open house. And that's okay too. You know, if we don't do enough, but, but usually when I show them these results and show them, Hey, you know, we were able to get a hundred thousand dollars over the, you know, over the list price and we weren't underpriced. Um, you know, we always counter too. we, we move appraisal contingency. So in this case, it only appraised for six fifty, but in that counter, I had removed appraisal contingency. And I'm also looking at their proof of funds to make sure, cause that's about where I, I thought I was going to appraise. I make sure they've got the difference to not only put their down payment, but they've got the difference to make up, uh, make up the difference. And I'm always talking to the agents about that saying, Hey, right, right. Okay. Know, this is going to be over. I want you to understand that ahead of time and, you know, talk to your clients because they're going to come in 50,000 plus, you know, 20% down or 5% down or 10% down or whatever they decide to do. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And it looks like we just have, a few more minutes left here. Do we have any more questions? So let me share just a. And once again, if you guys do have questions, please reach out to me. I'm here to, to answer them. Um, it's not not magic, not new stuff, not new. I mean, as you everything I said was 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 old school getting out knocking and talking and answering your phone. I mean, how crazy is that? That's what's working these days. And that's, that's the key to having a really successful open house and a key to getting lots of offers and a key to getting most for your clients and a key to getting that, you know, everything all fits together. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it looks like we're almost done here. And I thank you guys for your time. Where are you guys located at? I'm in Delaware. I'm in Williamsburg, Virginia. Perfect. And Debbie, where are you? I see you just chimed in on the chat. Newport Beach. Okay, you're next door. So, um, this can be done anywhere, you know, obviously. So once again, thank you guys for joining today and thanks for the Agent Power Huddle. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.